When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, 2023 is a massive year for rugby in New Zealand, one that will see the appointment of a new All Blacks coach within the next four to six weeks. That's been confirmed to, to take over from Ian Foster following the Rugby World Cup, and the tournament alone is a big focus. But after that, we're once again seeing experienced All Blacks heading overseas in the twilight of their careers. So what comes next? Well, we wanted to invite Mike Anthony onto the show this morning. Mike is uh, New Zealand Rugby's header for high performance. Knows better than most about identifying talent and the way forward. Mike, good morning to you. Morning, Smithy. Uh, can I just uh, ask you, Mike, um, uh, under that title, uh, what levels of rugby does that encompass for you? Uh, it's across the board, really. The, the high performance umbrella for us is from all blacks and black ferns down to sort of our schoolmates talent where we've, you know, we've, we've got programs that we help support. So down to sort of an under 18 level and then closely integrated in with our community program because we know that's where the talent's going to come from. Right, okay. Well, uh, looking at the first weekend of uh, Super Rugby, uh, we've had a few people um, around the show, etc., saying they're pretty impressed with uh, the standard of what they saw in, in round one. How did you view it? Yeah, right. Smithy, to be honest, um, you know, we're always trying to be uh, listen to the fans and our, our players and coaches and, you know, we want people to love the game and watch the game and uh, it couldn't have gone better, you know, first first round you always get building combinations and stuff but both derbies had over 40 minute ball and play time and often you've got to be careful using ball and play because there are a lot of teams who retain ball well and, and don't do a lot with it but the yeah, over 40 minutes and the actual total length of the game has shortened up, so that's including stoppages and everything like that. You, you heard from the players pretty clearly uh, on the weekend that you know a number of them were feeling it, and they often do first game in. But just the tempo of the game, you know, the, the better flow. Uh, so look, it started really well, and it's pretty pretty exciting this week to go to Melbourne and, and see it all in, in one venue. That is exceptionally exciting. Just and we, I think we'll get a better picture of just where everyone is at going in uh, at going into week uh, two. Uh, the Silver Lake deal, were, of course, there was a lot of publicity about that, but now that's uh, um, been uh, rubber stamped, etc., and it's underway. How's that helping uh, the high performance department uh, from your point of view? Yeah, look, nothing uh, significant at this stage around the Silver Lake deal other than we've now got a gr- ability to tap into and a, a little like we have with Ineos and at the moment with Ineos they're a performance partner so we're certainly when we're away I was away with the All Blacks 15 took the coaches and spent a day with Mercedes and with, with their leadership team uh, and we're continuing to build on, on those connections so we'll certainly start to leverage that more as we get going obviously they've got great uh, insight into technology which is an area that we can certainly continue to build on in our program. So um, at, at the moment, uh, for us, the upside is really, with COVID gone, the ability to stand a number of our programs up again that were hugely impacted. So, you know, sevens were restricted by what we could do. We had to mothball the program for a period. Under-20s hasn't run, and um, really exciting this year that the Under-20s World Cup, which is a critical part of our pathway, is 
up and running again. So those things are back online, which is fantastic. We continue to be a, a target for players in the twilight of their careers. We're seeing a number have already announced that they're on their way out of town um, as soon as the World Cup is over. Will we ever be in a situation financially where we can prevent that? Oh, look, um, it's a fair question. Um, I think our guys have done it, our contracting guys have done a fantastic job at uh, being able to retain some players we have because of market forces. And, and I think the players know that they're well supported here. And in my view, uh, you know, they get the best support from a coaching perspective to grow technically and tactically. So they know the merits there. But you look at that group who are going and look, I, I, they're tough to replace. We've got a number of centurions. They've had an outstanding career, and at the right time, we'll acknowledge that. Hopefully, after we lift the World Cup, and uh, so that, that's going to happen. We've we've seen it in every World Cup cycle. You know, back in '15, we had 12 departures. Likes of Dan and Richie, Kevin Mialamu, Ma Conrad, Tony Woodcock. So you, they just it gets to a point where these guys will make a decision around. Uh, either lifestyle, uh, sometimes it's it's dollars, but it's you know they they realise that they've got a certain shelf life uh, in the game and and uh, they want to experience as much as they can. So yeah, look, I, I certainly uh, it, it's going to continue to happen where people choose to change things up a little bit, like anyone does in a job. Um, and I think you know for a lot of those guys that are leaving, you know, you look at Brody and. Aaron Smith, Colsey, etc. Fantastic careers. They've done a wonderful job for their club and for the All Blacks and enhanced the jersey. So, you know, a great opportunity for them to, to bow out in style, hopefully. So uh, they announced it pretty early on in the piece. Uh, I would imagine there'll be others uh, throughout the year that um, maybe make that decision as well. Even uh, those that perhaps don't make the World Cup squad will move on. So what about the succession plans, Mike? Yeah, look... Um, Firstly, we, we, to give you a bit of insight, we've got approximately 40 players who have played for the ABs in 22, either already contracted or projected to be contracted. So I know we always look at, and particularly the names I mentioned with uh, Centurions and a uh, key part of the spine of the team, it's, you know, they're the guys we focus on. Um, so there, there are a, a significant number either locked in or in the process of doing so. We're always working on how we build depth. Uh, you know, you saw the AB15 program and we've just announced again that we'll, we've got uh, two matches in Japan uh, in July coming up. That's an avenue for developing that next tier of talent, talent complements to Māori All Blacks who, you know, we will uh, get it, um, playing again next year alongside the AB15 um, Super Rugby Pacific. Uh, obviously, we saw on the weekend the quality of some of our players in there. So we've got um, both within our national programs domestically with Super Rugby Pacific and NPC, we've got a great pathway to the All Blacks. Then underneath that, I mentioned the, the under-20s, and for us, that's always been our flagship age group program. Um, you know, I know it cops it a bit at times when we don't go and win World Cups, which are highly competitive, but we base the success on that, of that program on our conversion rate through to Super Rugby. Now, that's not to say... You know, any team in black wants to go away and win a tournament, we do our best to do that. But the way the program's structured, it's very much about keeping the net wide. We have 50-odd players uh, in the mix. We do a lot of development over a six-month period, and then they go to a pinnacle event. You know, we don't have a Six Nations or anything like that this year. We've got a couple of tests against Aussie, and then they'll go. So, 
you know, you look at conversion rates there between 15 and 19, we had 85% through the Super Rugby. Uh, the other thing we've recently done is we've, we've got now national development contracts. So the, the goal there, that's with our best under 20 talent and we want to accelerate their development. So they're immersed in the Super Rugby environments full-time in the pre-season and that carries on through until uh, through the competition. And 16, we've just kicked that off last year, and that 16 leads that, and 16 of the 23 from that group are already fully contracted or being used as replacement players. And then the final one, uh, I think somebody else is seen to touch on, given their, they're going really well at the moment, you know, back-to-back tournaments. The AB7s is far more integrated uh, pathway now for us, particularly with our young talent. So if you look at Caleb Clark, Felt it wasn't going well form-wise, went in, had, had a good run with sevens, went back out, played well and, and made the All Blacks. We've got Caleb Pungana, who was with the sevens and gone back to the Blues. Young Roderick Solo, been in fantastic form. Peyton Spencer, great schoolboy talent, and Xavier Tito Harris is in there as well. So, you know, we've got a number of avenues now where we can, you know, develop that talent and, and have it ready and then it's just giving them exposure and that's where ABS 15 was important because we just need to get those guys playing against different playing styles, touring and, and getting used to inter- that exposure at international level. Well, you certainly created that last year with the All Blacks 15 that uh, was able to go to the Northern Hemisphere. Um, what does the, um, the future look like for an All Blacks 15 this year and maybe next year? Yeah, look, really positive with the two matches against Japan. And, and we've done that, uh, you know, to, uh, working with Foz to make sure that prior to selection for the World Cup team, we've got a, a wider group of players playing. As you know, the you know, collision-based sport, we will lose some players along the way. So having that group playing and ability to either look at or select from should we get injuries in Argentina or get South Africa, you know, ability to then go and name a World Cup team. Uh, moving forward, really positive. I was away uh, with the All Black 15 and we had a World Rugby meeting and there's genuine interest from the likes of England who are looking to stand up a... Uh, you know, a, a program again, Ireland uh, with David Nusa for very keen to repeat what we did. Obviously, uh, Andy Farrell and the team brought a, a bigger squad out uh, to New Zealand. So I think you'll see that second tier uh, level, uh, you know, a lot more uh, playing program around that. So, yeah, really excited around, around that. And then likewise with the Māori All Blacks, ensuring that they have a program. The ideal for us is, you know, the Māori All Blacks in that July window in a, in a normal, normal World Cup year and AB15 uh, in uh, market sort of in November um, post-NPC. Uh, so um, if I'm a, a, a youngster playing first 15 rugby these days, uh, I, I look at that uh, opportunity, but how early do I have to make a decision perhaps on sevens or fifteens or um, is there any pressure to do that I mean, when you say you earmark them for a certain way that they're going to play or a certain style of rugby they're perhaps going to play even at a very young age you look at Carlos's boy Carlos Spencer's boy uh, you, you put him in very early on in the piece uh, do you have to make a decision do you have to as a kid or, or you keep open minded definitely not I, I think we've shown that we're not an early specialisation sport. And, and I'll go broader than rugby here. You look at Peyton, a great cricketer, uh, and we've had a number of guys like that, Geordie as well. We we certainly don't put pressure on kids to, 
that you've got to focus in on rugby. We, we, want them to, we think the broader experience across sports is really beneficial for our guys and want them to have a love for the game uh, and, and grow that. So that's the first part. And from a 7s v 15s, definitely not. We, you know, with Caleb Tangata, for example, we worked, uh, you know, we've got an MOU with the Blues with 7s and we've got Shea Clark and Caleb Tangata uh, and now some of these other boys coming in and we will work so that the player can transition between the two, get a foot in around 15. So some of those young guys, will you may see, get an opportunity to play 20s uh, this year at the World Cup and then may transition back in. If good enough, we'll go to the Olympics and then they'll, they will jump back into 15. So, look, we just think for a lot of those guys, they're not super rugby ready. You know, they're 15s uh, intensity, physicality, uh, is pretty tough and we certainly don't want to uh, ruin them but you put them into a full-time environment like Sevens Clark's done a fantastic job there uh, Clark and the team and uh, you know the environment's great uh, fully immersed training alongside some good pros like Scott Curry Timmy Mickelson etc you accelerate their development the growth you see in them around individual skill sets is fantastic and then it's just how we make sure we transition them really comfortably back into 15s. So the, the collaboration there now and the integration between the two is, is really strong. I, I think you know, as a pathway, it's been really positive for us alongside the national development contracts for our young talent. Talking to Mike Anthony, of course, uh, who's um, head of New Zealand Rugby High Performance. Uh, Mike, uh, a very big year uh, last year, of course, for uh, women's rugby, absolutely outstanding. Uh, are we confident we're building the right way on, on the top of that success? Yeah, look, it was, uh, wasn't it, when you think about where they came from and, and uh, the old master, alongside a couple of other old fellas, went in there and, and did a fantastic job and, and just, I think, the way the country embraced it uh, and what had been a pretty challenging time for rugby was, was fantastic. So for us now, it's about leveraging off that 100%. You know, look, our Black Twin Sevens have been the flagship for a long time uh, in, in succeeding, you know, gold medal and so on. Black Ferns have won multiple World Cups. So now's the time for us to, to uh, make sure that we build a program and a pathway. So uh, we, alongside me now, Hannah Porter, so my role is now focused in the men's space and Hannah will, will focus on the, the women's space uh, and the high performance, which is great. And we're in the process of uh, gone to market around uh, some roles to make sure we've got the support we need. Obviously, Bunce has been appointed to, to Black Ferns, so um, we start to see uh, that program continue to grow. So, look, it's really exciting, Smithy, in the, the women's space. We, we want to work really hard on growing the numbers. Uh, and again, those, those opportunities, whether it be sevens and fifteens, is, is pretty exciting. But yeah, there's, there's huge potential in, in where the program can go to. Um, you know, there's, uh, the, the, from a competition structure, Opiki, we know that you know, we've made a start, but we've heard loud and clear from players and those involved that what more can we do around that? So, yeah, look, there's, there's plenty to do in that space, and, and I, I, I just think this feeling for our women's game here is massive. So, Mike, yeah, yesterday it was uh, publicly announced by uh, Dame Patsy Reddy that uh, an, appoint, um, an appointment for or announcement on a new black coach will be in the next uh, four to six weeks, which is, uh, puts a full stop on a lot of conjecture. At what point, whoever that might be, do you get alongside and say, right, OK, uh, this year we know where we're going, but from that point on, 
from that day onwards, the day after the World Cup, it's your it's your show. How soon do you get alongside him in terms of talent identification, in terms of what he uh, wants to perhaps do in terms of changing things? Oh, yeah, look, um, and so the, I don't want to comment on the coaching process piece, but look, depending on who steps into that role, they're going to have awareness of the talent that's in this country. I, I think it's been pretty evident. Uh, you know, there's some names being thrown around. They, they're looking at talent all the time. Um, they don't get to where they get to without having a good eye for that and, and will certainly make the connections that they need to. You know, my, my focus is making sure that we support Foz and the team as best we can to, to go and win a World Cup and uh, that's where our energy will go. Um, you know, there's then a, a period where with Super Rugby and so on uh, and a reset with some guys going away where, you know, people know where the gaps are going to be. So start to they'll start to look at that. But our energy is very much on uh, giving our All Blacks the best chance to go and win a World Cup in France, which is going to be a massive challenge. But, you know, they've shown some, some great improvements in the last period uh, and it'll certainly uh, be right in the mix, so I'm sure, in what's going to be a tough side of the draw. Mike, just finally, uh, the words high performance um, to me, uh, outside looking in, sometimes mean high performance means pressure to perform. Um, and of course, that brings in the mental side of things. We, we know within uh, certain aspects of rugby there ha- that has been highlighted. You confident within your group that um, you've got everything pretty much under control in the, in the mental and the recovery type uh, aspects of, um, of your programs? Yeah, look, you're right. I suppose at the point here, for us, it's about our teams winning pinnacle events, whether that be World Cups, Olympics, uh, whatever it is. And, and we, the other part is you know, obviously making sure that we develop players for our programs and teams. Um, yeah, look, the, the, the mental uh, skills, well-being space is talked about a lot. You know, you talk about performance mindset and performing under pressure and you know, from your days, you know, you, you, you have to be on uh, a lot. Um, and I think getting that balance right is, is really important. That's an area that we're continuing to to look at and investigate uh, and resource appropriately. I, I don't think you ever sit and feel comfortable in that space that you've got everything right. But you just want to make sure that, you know, for us it's about that we're well resourced and our players are supported by the best people and that's across the board, whether it be nutrition, S&C, coaching, whatever. We, we think we've got a really competitive advantage in the quality of our coaching and the way that we collaborate together. But you know, look, if anywhere, it's, it continues to be that sort of uh, mental skills, mind space is an area that we talk about all the time. You know, uh, play, coaches talk about winning critical moments. Uh, the, the other things, again, is it, does that come down to execution or is it a mindset? piece so we've just got to make sure we would provide the support that the players need we create really good environments that they can thrive in and, and uh, we think we're pretty sure we've got the talent um, to, to be able to deliver so ultimately that's what we need to do build a really good pathway get the right people and and, uh, and then hopefully win pinnacle events Sounds good, Mike. Uh, I want to thank you very much for your, your time this morning. Uh, great insight into uh, behind the scenes uh, of where we're at at uh, the high level. So uh, we appreciate it and uh, all the very best going forward. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Smithy.